Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. I do want to welcome our podcasters this morning. Welcome. We love having you listening online. As I was in worship just over there this morning, I was just just enjoying God's presence, just enjoying the worship. And I just had this impression in my heart about our church. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit was just really impressing on my heart. Again, the grace that we carry is so powerful. And I just felt like the Father heart of God wanted to remind us just as a prophetic message to start this morning, that our church is graced to be a resource to nations. I just saw a picture again of people traveling to little old Nara, to South Nara, to sit and be refreshed. People who are burnt out, people who are crushed in spirit, people who are tired, people who are weary, would come and sit in this house and just partake and drink of the kindness and the goodness and the presence of God. And I just saw this picture of you and I saw you as doctors and nurses. And I just saw you as people who, as people come in, you're the ones that will help bandage them up. You're the ones that will help put healing ointment on their wounds. And some of us here, you've you've been through some really tough seasons. Your, Your story in life has been one of hardship and you've been through things that are very unique, but you've become healing agents because God has healed you or He is healing you. And you've got to understand that when someone walks in who has come from your background and your journey, and you think, God helped me when I went through that, guess what? You're now qualified to speak from your testimony and your story and to bring healing into them. You see, there's no shame in scars. Physically, there's shame in scars sometimes. If you get a scar and you want to cover it, spiritually, it's... It's a, it's a thing of beauty. Your scars this morning, church, prophesy healing. Oh, can you sense the prophetic edge on this? People will travel in and your story and your testimony will prophesy healing into people. And that thing you went through and that childhood that you went through and the, the, that marriage breakdown you went through and that family difficulty you went through and people come in feeling ashamed and broken and lost and then they meet Dr. You. And it's really Jesus in you, but you're the hands and feet of Jesus. And, and then He uses your, your story. Some of you guys have been sick here and you've been healed. Some of you guys have been on the journey of that. You wait when someone comes in and they're in that situation and they're feeling hopeless. Hey, you're there. And I just sense that, again, and it sounds kind of at the moment a bit out there, but people would travel just to be here to sit, to partake, to be refreshed. And we'll say, where are you from? Oh, I traveled from the States to come and be in Nara. And we'll think, what the? But then we'll think, wait a second, we're called to be that. And I want our podcasters to hear that as well because I believe that it's for our whole church family. And just to remind us, and I just felt like the Father, the heart of God was just smiling on our church, just smiling, going, you got, you just wait. It's already started, but you just wait. 
But remember, there is healing in your hands. There is healing in your hearts. God's called us to be a refreshing oasis for those who are walking through a desert with no water. We are an oasis in the desert. Our church is an oasis in the desert. Amen. Fantastic. Father God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness. And this morning, we just enter into your throne room with confidence. Lord, we enter in with boldness and we say yes and amen to your promises. Yes and amen to your goodness. Yes and amen to your will and your plan. Father, touch our city. Lord, impact our nation with your goodness. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. You guys can sit down. Thanks. Fantastic. How good was the worship today? Let's give these guys a hand. Thank you for leading us. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11 and verse 28. Matthew 11, 28. If you're a new Christian here or you become a new Christian here, we have free Bibles for you. We'd love to give you the gift of having your own physical Bible. There's also an app called YouVersion, which is a great app for most phones or devices. You can download it for free and do that. This morning, I want to speak for a few minutes around the subject of being people of rest. People of rest. Why don't you turn to your neighbour and say, people of rest. People of rest. Matthew chapter 11 Verse 28 to 30 says this. It's Jesus speaking and he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus speaking here, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. This morning my heart and my, 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 my aim is that we become a people who understand that it is our God-given grace to be people who walk in rest. Rested people, yet fruitful people. This morning, I'm not speaking about rest being something you have to stop everything you're doing and just sit there and rest. No, no. I'm speaking about people who know who they are in God. Through that, stop striving. And through that, can rest but still be fruitful. You see, Jesus was fruitful, but he was rested. He was so rested that when the wind and the waves came and the storm came and the disciples were freaking out, where was he? He was sleeping. And they said, Jesus, wake up. We're going to die. This storm is crazy. The boat is going to sink. There must have been a pretty decent storm for seasoned fishermen to be freaking out. I mean, they were used to that their whole life. And they're saying, we've, been, we've seen storms in our life, Jesus, but this one is a different level. And Jesus is hidden away having a nana nap. Who enjoys their nana naps here? I just realized nana naps are called nana naps because nanas take naps sometimes. Is that right? I must be a nana then because I enjoy my nana naps. <laughs> are there any nappers in the house? Yeah. Nothing like a good old Sunday afternoon nap.
Like this week, I was uh, Charlie and I had a couple of days. The, the folks have a, a place down the coast, and we were down there visiting them for a few days. And she came back for school, and so I had a few extra days down there. And I said to her, "How did you sleep?" And she said, "I had the worst sleep last night. I know." And I said, "Why?" And she said, "I can't seem to be able to sleep when you're not beside me." I know, I know. <laughs> How did I sleep? I slept great. It was just fantastic. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you see, rest is not a lack of doing. It's an increased awareness of his being. Rest isn't a lack of doing, although it's good physically to take some rest and to stop. And what I'm speaking about is a supernatural rest, and it isn't found in a lack of doing, but it's found in an increased awareness of his being. You see, Charlotte sleeps better because, not because I'm, you know, singing her lullabies and, you know, making whale noises through the night so she can sleep better. No, no, she's sleeping better because of the being that's beside her. When you walk with God and you understand who he is beside you, you can't help but rest. And remember, our key scripture this morning is, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I love this because Jesus isn't saying, I might give you rest if you are a good enough Christian. (laughs) If you prioritize me right, I'll give you rest. Or if you, no, no, he, he says, come to me and I will give you rest. And then he goes on and he says, take my yoke upon you, learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. And then he goes, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, the opposite to stress is rest. Uh, The opposite to rest is stress. The opposite to rest is stress. The opposite to rest is when we start to worry. You know that you're not created to carry stress. The closest thing you have in you that can handle stress is called a flight or fight response. In other words, when something goes on and it's a threat to you, you either fight against it and try and protect yourself or you'll fly away. You will run away from it. It's a survival instinct. That's okay for a moment, and you have adrenaline that can handle that. But if you live in a flight-or-flight response for 20 years, it actually destroys everything about you. Some health problems now that have worked out, studied related to stress, prolonged stress, include heart disease, stroke and uh, heart attack, asthma, obesity, diabetes, headaches, depression and anxiety, gastrointestinal problems like IBS, Alzheimer's disease is now linked to prolonged stress, accelerated aging and premature death. When it comes to stress, you're not called or designed to carry stress. I want to say, tell you this morning that when you are stressed, you are stepping out of God's will for your life. It is not God's best for you. Philippians chapter 4, what does it say? It says, be anxious for 
nothing. But in all things, through prayer and petition, give your request to God with thanksgiving. And it says the peace of God will come and guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I can quote that to you because I've quoted it to myself hundreds of times. Be anxious for nothing. Worry and stress are the opposite to rest. Because we have to understand something, that stress is actually misplaced trust. Stress is trust in self over trust in God. That's tweetable right there. That's Facebook worthy right there. You see, stress is just misplaced trust. We get stressed and worried when we start to go, I'm going to rely on me because when I look at my finances and I rely on me, this is where we're at. When I look at my family and rely on me, this is where I'm at. When I look at my health and rely on me, this is where I'm at. But God says, no, 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 take your burden and, and give it to me. Take your cares and give them to me because he is grace to carry our stress. Therefore, today, if you're feeling stressed, what you've got to do is this. God, I repent of trusting myself, and I choose to trust in you. You see, I know what it's like to stress. I remember in a season of my life, and it wasn't a good season, I was so stressed for a prolonged period of time. And and it's funny, sometimes you don't even realize you're stressed until you realize you're stressed. And I preached at our South Campus one morning. And I was driving into town, and there was a, literally a 20-minute window between getting from St. George's Basin to South Nara. And I would often come in at that time, and just as I was finishing the song, I would have to get up and preach. As I was driving in South Nara, I felt my face, and I looked at my hand, and it was, it was I felt my face was wet. I looked at my hand, and it was blood. Weird, I know. Looked in the mirror and my face was bleeding. I had no idea what was happening. I'm thinking, what is going on? Is there a cut there? What's, I just preached. What's happening? Came in, met a doctor in church, went straight into the office. He had a towel. He's trying to clot my face or we're trying to stop the bleeding with a towel. Kept bleeding, kept bleeding. To the point where he, and, and so the worship team's here and they're like, let's go back into the song for the 20th time. <laughs> you know, how great is our God? Everyone's like, oh, yes, he's great. Yes, but what's going on? <laughs> Anyway, he says to me, this doctor, he says, we're going to have to take you to my surgery and burn your face because when they burn the skin, it can stop the bleeding. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to be Scarface. It's kind of cool. But I thought, I can't because I've got to preach. And so I said, I can't, I've got to preach. And so he said, okay. So then he prayed for me and it stopped. And I came in and I, and I preached. And I, but I went away and I was like, why is my face bleeding? With no reason. And I'd done research and found out that what had happened was when you're under an extended um, season of stress, the blood vessels in your skin can burst. And that's where blood can come out of your pores. So when Jesus was in the garden and it says that he sweated blood, what was he doing? He was under so much pressure that what was going to happen that he would have had blood vessels in his head popping and blood would have been coming out of his skin. What would Jesus do? Well, I did it. I bled from the face. In that moment, I was most like Jesus. (laughs) 
it was a wake-up call for me because I'd gone through a prolonged season of different things happening and obviously stress was building, but adrenaline has an amazing way of hiding it. But adrenaline actually can't last forever. You know, and, and when preachers preach, you've got to understand, people think, oh, well, when someone preaches, it's just they get up here and they go home. It's adrenaline. When you're, walking, when you're, when you're ministering in the anointing of God, and you're public speaking and you're giving out from your heart and you're speaking to people and some are receiving and some are rejecting it and all the rest, there's a thing called the preacher blues. It's been proven by studies of thousands of pastors where they take Mondays off because they come off the high of adrenaline and then get dumped down and their chemicals dump after a high of adrenaline. Now that happens with all different professions. If you have a high adrenal job, be wary that the next day you might feel a bit low. And it's just your chemicals trying to go, oh, peaking, oh, we're down again, let's resettle. Just to keep that in mind, when someone preaches, be nice to them for at least 24 hours, and then you can say whatever you want after that. That's a joke, by the way. Landon, fantastic. <laughs> so stress is misplaced trust. And trust in self over trust in God is what results in stress. I don't want to be older before I need to be or have a premature death or have Alzheimer's or I don't need that in my life. Therefore, I have to manage my rest and manage my stress. We have to be aware or be beware of things that rob us of rest. When it comes to your life, there are things that will rob you of rest. You know, busyness will always fight to rob you of rest. And when you actually realise that busyness takes away our God awareness, it becomes a very important thing to be aware of. Because the more aware you are of Him, the more rested you become. The more aware you become of God, the more you can rest in Him. When you get busy, what happens, church? You get so busy with life and the kids and the workplace and the school and the church and your marriage and the gym and everything else, and all of a sudden, I'm so busy that I actually don't take time to sit and be aware of His goodness. Let's bring it back to the Word. What does the Word say? It says, be still and know that I am God. Can we just have the host open a couple of windows, just a little bit? When it comes to the presence of God, we have to understand that God has called us to be people who are aware of His presence and through that can be rested in Him. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Busyness will always fight for your God awareness. But when we rest, it actually enlarges our awareness of God. I'm preaching better than what you're saying, amen, so come on. When you rest, you have to understand something, that when it comes to the things of God, you become more aware of Him. Okay, so the next generation has all this stuff going on now when it comes to social media. Wake up in the morning, Facebook. Wake up in the morning, Instagram. Some people put 20 to 30 Instagram stories up a day. It has to be a full-time job. We're so bombarded with noise. 
We're so bombarded with life. We're so bombarded with activities and things going on and expectations. You have to fight for rest. You have to fight for your God awareness. Because I believe that God has called Celebration Church to be a church where we are all people who are rested. I want our church to be the most rested church on the planet. Again, that doesn't mean a church that doesn't do anything because the reality is this, and we'll get to it, is that the more rested you are, the more fruitful you become. But when it comes to you and I, let's just kick stress out the window and actually sit with God and say, God, when I trust you, I can rest. We must fight to maintain a heart of rest. The more rested we are, the more aware of God we become. And the more aware of God we become, the more rested we are. Hebrews chapter 4, if you have your Bibles, just why don't you turn there. Is this okay this morning? I'm just prophesying into our church right now and into your life this morning. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11. It says, Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Like, make every effort. Make every effort. Make every effort, Jade. Make every effort, Alan. Do whatever you have to do to enter into his rest. It's okay to say no to some things. It's okay to turn off the phone. It's okay to turn off the Netflix. It's okay to sit. This week I went to the beach and I sat for, well, I laid, I know, laid for an hour and a half with no noise, no headphones, nothing, just me and the seals and the ocean because there were seals there. And it was the most refreshing thing. No conversation, no noise, no nothing. Just me and God. Well, what's the Sabbath designed to do? A Sabbath is rest for the soul. A Sabbath is rest for the spirit. When you sleep, you rest your body. When you have a Sabbath, you rest your soul and your spirit. You see, rest is God's idea. He rested. He worked for six days and he was fruitful and he'd done amazing things. And then it says, what did he do? On the seventh day, he went, ah, I'm done. Today's going to be my rest day. I'm just going to chill out and enjoy the universe. I'm going to chill out. I'm going to enjoy creation. I'm going to go watch some animals play. I'm going to go to the zoo of the world and watch what's happening. And by doing so, he gave us an example that we should be people who take time to rest. And it says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 2 and 3, it says, By the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all his work. And then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. How's your Sabbath going? How's your Sabbath going? For some people in life, you don't have time for a whole day of Sabbath. Hey, have half a day. Have a meal. Charlie and I, Saturday morning is our Sabbath. You will rarely get us to go to anything apart from a working bee on a Saturday because that is our day. Why? Because we work hard all week 
and we need some time to sleep in. Well, Charlotte sleeps in, I normally get up. And then we go get breakfast. I read a paper. I talk to her about what I'm reading in the paper. She acts interested. It's a win-win. What happens though is this, and especially those um, who serve in church and in life, and by the way, people who serve in church are my heroes. I think they're just doing what Jesus said. Jesus said, serve, serve. If you don't serve, what are you doing? Disobeying Jesus, that's what you're doing. So just serve. <laughs> it's a new normal. We'll do a whole thing of new normals. New normals are this. We give, we serve, we do all these things. That's what we do. We rest. Resting's our new normal. But what happens, though, especially our young people, is that they can serve and serve and serve and serve and serve and serve, but they forgot about the person they're serving. And before you know it, after six months of serving, they go, I'm falling apart, I need to take a break, and they leave everything. Sometimes even church. Because they didn't realise that they were serving out of a heart that wasn't in intimacy, it was actually in something else. You see, you've actually got to take time to rest, serve and be fruitful, but do it out of knowing him. We are called to live stress-free lives. I want you to think about that right now. What a big statement. <laughs> you imagine, we'll break it down this way. You imagine if someone on an infomercial said, I've got this special ointment that when you rub it onto your arm, all stress will leave you forever. You would be a trillionaire very quickly. If it worked, if genuinely that was the actual thing that happened and you lost all stress for the rest of your life by rubbing a bit of ointment on your skin. Well, we have this thing called the Holy Spirit. We have this thing called the anointing oil of God. We can't preach one thing and not believe it. I am striving to enter his rest so that I don't have any stress. My wife looks at me now and she says, you're getting some gray hairs. I don't need to speed up the process. <laughs> Why? Because when I know that God's got me, do I need to stress? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all you do and he promises to make your path straight. All things work together for the good for those who love him. He that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. Can I hear an amen? We don't need to be stressed people. We need to be trusted people. A Christian who is stressed is a Christian who has forgotten who he is. Oh, that was good. Can I hear an amen? It's truth. And I'm preaching to me, by the way, right now, because I forget all the time. The key to living in rest is to live in surrender, to give up control. How many self-confessed control freaks are in the house? Yeah, I'm a bit of a control freak, 100%. Certain things I'm like, I don't trust anybody. I'm just trusting myself right now. I know how to get it done. I'll get it done. But the reality is this, is that when it comes to God in life, we have to surrender to him and give up control. Trust starts when we rely on Him. Think about this with me. We sing songs, oh, we trust you, God, and, you know, read the Bible, we trust, and we say amen, and we trust. You know what? You actually start to trust when you can't work it out. 
Trust begins when you can't do it. Trust begins when you can't work it out. When you have no answers. When you have no breakthrough in your hand and God says, well, do you trust me? When you can't pay the bill, when you can't see your sibling saved or your son or daughter saved, when you can't bring the medical miracle and God says, well, do you trust? And see, we have a generation that professes trust, but as soon as something is out of their control, they freak out, man. They completely just go bananas. Oh, my goodness. I'm on the phone. I can't, what's happening? I can't, we're on Facebook putting stuff. We're, just, we're on Google. <laughs> what do we do, Dr. Google? What's happening? And we actually forget that it's in a moment of something being beyond our control that trust is birthed. <laughs> it's in a moment of things that are out of your hands that trust is birthed. When was the last time you went, I have no power in this, but I've got to trust you, God? You see, that's where worship becomes so powerful. That's where fellowship, coming to church, becomes so powerful. Because sometimes you forget and you struggle with trust. And I struggle with trust. And it's like, God, where are you? While your brothers and sisters can encourage you to trust him. Is this okay this morning? Listen, have you ever noticed that miracles often break out, not in the striving, but in the rest? (laughs) Have you ever noticed that? It's when you go, God, I've done everything and I've tried everything and I've banged my head against the wall so many times and God says, just relax. Just chill. Look at the birds of the air. Do they stress over everything? No, they just hang out. That's what Jesus said, yeah? And for us this morning, it's us coming back to that revelation of this is God's heart for us. Imagine this, and again, I'm going to keep prophesying this revelation. Stress-free living. In the midst of stressful lives in the world, you're above it with stress-free living. Not because everything's lined up perfectly in your life, but because you know the one who can line up everything perfectly in your life. So today, maybe your breakthrough is going to come when you stop striving and start to rest. I know that happened to me when I was looking for a, a wife. And I had someone say to me, you know, I want you to go and date a bunch of girls. That's my challenge to you. And I said, okay, challenge accepted. So I dated a few girls. <coughs> Didn't go too well, but had a go. And then I just had this moment. And I was older. Like I was up towards 30 and being in a position in church. It's, 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 people think oh, it's easy for it. It's harder because everyone's watching you and you know, people can date you for wrong reasons and all the rest. And I just, I, I just remember just saying to God, God, I'm just going to enjoy being single. And literally, I enjoyed it. I was the best. And then Charlotte came along, literally out of the blue. Like I, one day, like I just, we still laugh about it and we say to each other, if five years before we got together, we would have said, you're going to marry Charlotte or marry Benai, we both would have cracked up. But at the right season, it was the right thing. But I remember, I had this sense in my heart that the season was changing. And I remember (laughs) thinking to myself, you need to enjoy your single days because they're coming to an end. And it wasn't because marriage is worse. It's just different. And within within 21 days, I was dating Charlotte. And the best thing that's ever happened to me is marrying Charlotte. But the thing is this, is that 
I had 21 days left or 20 days to enjoy just doing whatever I wanted. And I enjoyed it. Me and my dog ate more pizza in those 20 days. <laughs> Still do eat a bit of pizza, but anyway. All right. I'm going to have to get through these notes. So another point is this. Rest is the fruit of intimacy. Rest is the fruit of intimacy. Why don't you turn to your neighbour and say, rest is the fruit of intimacy. Okay. Fruit being a key word. Intimacy is the seed. Seed becomes fruit. The fruit of intimacy is rest. Again, rest isn't doing less. It's knowing him more. Holy Spirit, let that drop in us in our spirits today, that rest isn't doing less, although it's good to have some time just to relax. It's actually knowing him more. The more we know God, the more we are rested. If you're feeling anxious today, this is a key. Know him more so you can know his character more. And when you know your father's character, he's got your back. He's got your back. It says in Exodus 33, 14, the Lord says, my presence will go with you, and what? I will give you rest. My presence will go with you, church. This week, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Woo! You see, rest and presence go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. They go hand in hand when God is with you and his presence is on you. You can't help but relax. The next thought is this, the fruit of trust is rest. The more we trust God, the more we are rested, and we forget rest when we, we forget Him. We forget rest when we, we forget Him. And anyone here can attest to that? I know I can. I get all striving and all fired up when I forget his goodness. You see, in life, you've got two groups of people in the church. You've got chickens and you have eagles. And, and last week, I actually went, went, uh, went fishing with my dad and we're out on the water and there were this, there's eagles. And there was one eagle and he was just above the water, just, just soaring. Amazing sea eagle. Just I don't know if he was just having fun or if he was looking for a feed, but he was just... I didn't see him flap his wings once. He just knew the drafts. He knew how to just use his wings just to be the most effective at what he was doing. And he was high above. Ever seen a chicken? Chicken are these little, cute little things often. Cute, debatable. But they walk around and they've got their little wings. And they're looking at the ground and they're pecking all the time at the ground. They're trying to have a feed. Anyone have had chickens before? I had chickens in high school. They all died, but I had them for a while. One of them drowned. And not joking, I did mouth to mouth on it to try and bring it back to life. I promise I did. I was declaring, you rose people from the dead in the Bible, Jesus. You can raise my chicken. Come on! 
had a drill and we had a duck bath and they fell in. I don't know, something happened. <laughs> you see, you can be an eagle and you can just soar through life. An eagle's above the noise. An eagle is above all the riffraff. It's cruising, enjoying the winds of the Holy Spirit. When there's storms, it can rise above the storms. Or you can be a chicken. And they're all busy with each other. They're all talking. They're all eating the ground, looking down. So consumed with the task at hand that they're not soaring. Their perspective is tiny. It's what am I going to eat right now? Instead of being above the noise and soaring like a majestic eagle. What does the Bible say, church? It says to soar on wings as eagles. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 30. Let me just read this. It says, Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, who will renew their strength, they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not faint. Don't be a chicken. Be an eagle. The fruit of rest is fruitfulness. The fruit of rest is fruitfulness. The fruit of rest is fruitfulness. You want to be more fruitful, church? The Bible calls us to be fruitful people. Get your rest on. Learn how to rest well. Learn how to know Him. Kingdom effectiveness is a fruit of rest. If I got up today and I was striving and I was frazzled and I was a chicken just walking around, it would not be a benefit to you. What do I do? I'm here knowing that God has graced me. I'm here knowing God's anointed me. I'm here speaking prophetic things over our city, knowing that His words will come to pass according to His power. I'm not here to impress anybody. I'm here to impress Him with my heart. And it frees me up to do what I'm called to do. You see, we have to stop striving. We are called to be fruitful in the midst of rest. And please hear me right here. Physical rest is so important. Make sure you take time to rest physically. Make sure you take some time to have some holidays. Make sure you take some time during your week to rest. But know that there's a difference between that and spiritual rest. There's a difference between physical rest and knowing that your soul needs to be rested. You see, you can be extremely fruitful in your soul in the midst of rest. You know, peace is a fruit of rest. Why don't you say peace is a fruit of rest? It says this, Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. You will keep me in perfect peace, those whose mind are steadfast, because they trust you. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust you. What is the key to living in perfect peace, church? Keeping your mind set on Him, trusting in Him, knowing that it's okay to give control to the one you can't see. John chapter 14, verse 24 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you, do I give to you? Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. How do we rest, church? Well, we be people who understand that it's His peace that comes and gives us rest. 
don't let your hearts be troubled. Still the storm within. Just as we finish, understand a few things. Faith and rest are inseparable. To be people of faith, people who move mountains. Who wants to move mountains here today? Who wants to live a life where you can say to this mountain, be moved and it'll be moved? That's what Jesus said. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, Understand, though, that faith and rest go hand in hand. Rest is the atmosphere that faith grows in. Woo! This is why writing notes is good. Because all these are good notes to write and to go away and think about. Rest is the atmosphere that faith grows in. Who wants to be a faith-filled person? Listen, you have to be a rested person. You have to be a trusted person. You have to be aware of Him and His goodness. The thing is, is that hope is powerful and we should always be people of hope. But when I have faith, I know that He will. Hope says He may do something, but faith says He will do something. Have you ever been in, life, been in a season in life where you're kind of going through life and you're needing a breakthrough and you're needing a miracle and you're praying. And you just have this peace that God has got it. Who here has had that experience? You're just like, God has got this. Who knows that in that moment, you go from frantically praying, quoting Scripture, beating down the door to, oh, I just feel like a weight was taken off my shoulders. This is awesome. I'm all, and everyone's like, well, you just you seem so relaxed in the midst of chaos. God's with me. God's got me. Remember, Jesus said His burden is light. You're not called to carry burden. You're called to give it to Him. As we finish, some quick thoughts about how to enter into His rest. Three things, wait on God. Isaiah 40 verse 30, I just read it, but it says that those who put their hope in God renew their strength. People who wait on God and know that He has got it are people who invite rest into their hearts. This morning I want to speak to stress. I want to speak to anxiety. I want to speak to troubled minds and hearts and say, let God's rest penetrate. In our city, let God's rest settle. The second thing is this. Be someone who knows how to be still. Psalm 86, verse 10, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. The funny thing about that is that it's when we're still that we get a reminder that He is God. If you can learn that in the midst of busyness and fruitfulness, your life is set up. It's one thing when you hit a wall and you have to sit there and God makes you sit. Anyone have those seasons? You hit something and God's like, I'm going to make you sit down for a bit. You need to sit and listen to my voice again, but it's a painful way. <laughs> well, I'll learn to do it in the midst of good seasons. And by doing so, we're reminded about how great and powerful and good our God is. Be still and know that I am God, and we've got to fight for this church. I've been off social media for two weeks now, and it has been so refreshing for my soul. It's so good. There is so much noise. 
I don't care what your Insta story is. It's too much noise. No offense to anybody. I just, I've got too much noise in my head already. It's just like, you've got to work out your life. But I'm like, this is great. Charlotte hasn't been on social media all year. Never seen her so free from all that stuff. Will we go back onto it? Yeah. For sure, because I like putting stuff about church and about people and encouraging people. But I've got to also understand that if I'm just looking for the sake of consuming, more noise, more noise, more noise, more noise. What's everyone thinking? What's everyone saying? What's everyone's opinion? What are you having for breakfast today? What are you doing with that right situation? What's your opinion on that politics? Mm. Rest, still, stop. Let it all drain out of your head because this stuff will take away from your focus on Him. This stuff, unless it's pointing you to Jesus, will focus you on other things. Even the news, I love, Charlotte and I love watching. Oh, I love watching. We love watching the, the headlines. That's what we do sometimes. Cheese and crackers in the headlines. Romantic night in the holiday, holiday house. But after a while, it's like too much noise. Too much now. Like I know it's happening in the world a bit. Yeah, too much. You just sometimes got to be so intentional about stopping the noise. The world will still spin if your phone is turned off. Last Sunday, I was away and the church still went forward. But it was a big deal for me to be away in my head for one Sunday. Charlotte will tell you that. Because I think that I'm a bigger deal than what I am. I don't run the church. It's Jesus' church. See what I mean? Like, I've got to take time just to stop and just reflect and go, God, I'm going to put my focus on you. Last thing is this, we need to, again, fight for rest. Psalm 91 verse 1, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells in the shadow, I love that thought. I love the fact that God is like this this amazing Father and I can just come and just nestle under His powerful arm. And I don't care what the world has to say when I'm under my Father's arm. And I don't care what my insecurities have to say when I'm under my Father's arm. And it doesn't matter what my fear is saying when I'm under His arm because He is safe, He is good, He is able, He is strong, He is bigger. Can I hear an amen, church? He is better. The enemy can roar like a, like the, I was going to say like the rat he is, but rats don't really roar. He can make all the noise he wants But when my Father has me, when my Father God has me, nothing else matters. doesn't matter if my whole life is falling apart. If He has me, and if I stop my heart and my soul and put my focus on Him, and I get the revelation again that He has got me, that He has good gifts for His children, that He is a good Father, that I might not know my next step, but as long as He's stepping with me, that it's going to be okay. And people might turn against me and, and people might let me down and I might let myself down. But if He is with me and if He is my loudest advocate and my loudest voice and my loudest encouragement and the Word of God becomes my foundation, that everything else is going to be okay because when my Father is with me, and Jesus showed this and He said, I need to go away and spend time in isolated places and He would disappear from everybody to spend time with His Father. 
And as a church today, I want to encourage you that there is a grace and an anointing upon you to be people who are so nestled into your heavenly Father that the, 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 the war might be going on and the, the wind and the waves might be hitting your house of life. But if you're with your Father, you're going to be okay. A stress-free life, a worry-free life, a church that is known as people who trust God in the midst of hardship and trials, knowing that He has got me. And I know this stuff is easier preached than lived. I know that. But let's strive to be this. Let's enter into His rest, knowing that He has got our back. Because He is our one safe place. Your heavenly Father, church, and I'll finish with this, is your one safe place. Your family isn't, your church isn't, your pastor isn't, your husband or wife aren't. The one safe place that will never let you down is your heavenly Father. Those other things can be good and great, but they will still let you down. Your heavenly Father, enter into His rest. When things go wrong with your business, Choose to fight for rest in your heart. When things go wrong with your family, choose to fight for rest in your heart. In your marriage, choose to fight for rest. If you're single and you're ready to mingle, choose to trust. Because rest is the breakthrough for your miracle. Oh, that's so good. I'm, I'm going to eat that up myself. Yum, yum, yum. I'm eating that up. Rest is the platform for your miracle. Trust is the platform for your miracle. Charlie, jump up here for a second. Is that okay this morning? I love that. We're going to be a church that's so known. We're going to be the most rested people, the most young, vibrant looking, because our spirits are rested. When I say young, I don't mean age, I just mean in your soul. Why don't we all stand to our feet? helpful today? A church that is rested. I'm just going to read it one more time for you because it's so, so good. I just want to just come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your soul for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Why don't you just close your eyes in this place? Father, we thank you. And as you're here, church, as you're standing here, I think it's always good just to reflect in our hearts in moments of just gratitude to what the Word has shared with us today. And if you're in this place and you just feel like you've just lost a bit of that rest in your soul, I just want you just to maybe just put your hand up where you are and just say, yeah, this morning I wanted to say, God, I just want to enter into your rest afresh. And just put your hand out where you are just as a response to that. And I'm just going to pray over you that the rest of God, that those burdens you're carrying, that those things that you are struggling with and stressed about right now, that they will lift off your shoulders in Jesus' name. Father, right now I pray for every hand lifted. And Father, and those also listening on podcasts, anyone who is carrying stress right now, 
we just release that stress to you. We say we trust you and we give you everything that's concerning us, everything that is holding us down. And we say that we trust you today with our situation and we put our trust in you afresh. And Father, I pray for every one of those circumstances that there will be breakthrough, that there will just be a move of your Holy Spirit right now. God, that we would not be stressed people, but we would be stress-free people because we are rested people in you. Thank you for your goodness, Father God. Thank you, Father. Just keep your eyes closed. You know, if you're here this morning and you just know that in your heart, that you, your heart is not in a right place with God. Your heart isn't close to God. Maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Or maybe you have, but you know that your heart isn't as close to Him as it once was. I want to give you an opportunity, as everyone has their eyes closed, just to say, Benaiah, today I want to make a decision just to come back and give my heart 100% back to Jesus. And by doing so, we're just going to believe that this is going to be that powerful moment that you'll experience this morning of just coming to Him. So if that's you, why don't you just put your hand up and say, yeah, that's me. Awesome, I see that hand. Anybody else? Awesome, I see that hand there too. Anybody else? Yep, I see that hand as well. Thank you, God. You're just coming back to the Father. You're coming back under that wing, (laughs) that place of safety that place of rest, that place of knowing Him. Anybody else in this place? In Jesus' name. Why don't we pray this prayer together of support. And if you put your hand up then, or even if you didn't put your hand up, you want to pray this from your heart, let's just join together. Let's pray, Heavenly Father, I thank You for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. And this morning, I come to you and I give you my heart and I give you my life, Lord Jesus. I surrender and I confess that you, Lord Jesus, are my Lord and Saviour. I believe in you. Forgive me of my sin. Give me a new start. And Holy Spirit, help me every day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God a hand of praise. Awesome. Well, we like to finish every service by actually praying over you guys, praying God's blessing for this coming week and protection and God's anointing over you. So if you feel comfortable, just put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. If you're married, take the hand of the person you're married to. And we're going to pray over you in Jesus' name. Awesome. Father God, we thank you so much that you give us rest, Lord. And I pray for this week, God, I pray that as we send our incredible church family out, Holy Spirit, that you would be in amongst every moment of our week, Lord, that we would be so rested in your presence, that we'd be so rested in the fact knowing that you hold us and you've got us, God. For every person in this place that is going into a week that might be um, might be a bit scary or there might be a bit of nerves, God, Holy Spirit, we ask for your peace again, just to calm. We ask, God, that you would just walk with us and we pray for every single person in this
this room and listening on podcasts, God, that they will just be so overwhelmed this week by your goodness, by your grace and by your rest. Holy Spirit, that we'll have such testimony of your peace this week, God. Whatever comes our way, whatever situation, God, we thank you that you are in it and you are for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, have a wonderful week. Make sure if you're sticking around for our welcome to Celebration Church lunch that's across the courtyard and we'll see you there. If you need any prayer, you can come down for prayer as well. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.